Elgin, K270CO, Round Rock. We are the Horn. The Horn. This hour of the Sports Complex is brought to you by Viking Fence. Guests on the Horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Back to the sports complex on a Tuesday afternoon. Just watching suspenseful baseball playoff action right before you get on air. Always something fun to do. The Astros are taking on the Twins right now. We'll give you an update on that in just a minute. On the show today, we'll talk more Texas OU. Of course, uh, we'll get into start talking about what Texas goes on to next. Uh, They do have a bye week this week, so no big game this week, but... They do have to get some things in order, start to look at some other ideas. Jerry Jones spoke to the 105.3 The Fan today. Uh, We'll play you some audio from that and uh, look at the Cowboys again and see what they're doing. I'll I'll give you a little recap of watching uh, the Spurs' first pregame game uh, last night, the debut of Wembenyama in an NBA game against regular players. I will give you that uh, recap of just a a few little bit, not too much, not too much NBA talk. You know, we haven't gotten the regular season yet. We will give you that uh, as well. We are off at 6.30 for Rangers pregame. They will be taking on uh, the Orioles in a – if they win, they move on. If not, they play again tomorrow. That will be going on at 6.30 uh, right here on the Horn to give you that. Remember, text line is open, 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776. Is the text line number? You guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. Uh, we'll be talking a lot of text OU. If you've got any more opinions about that, uh, if you if you still haven't gotten off, if you're still you're still angry, I mean we're still not happy. Uh, if you're still really angry, you still got things you want to you think they need to fix. You know we know red zone troubles. We'll play you some stuff from uh from hook him up talking about the red zone stand. Uh, we'll talk about you know the different aspects of the game, the defense not coming through, the the lines of scrimmage. We can talk about all that. If you got anything you want to talk about, Texas, Cowboys, Texans, baseball, all of it. 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776. Right before we came on the air, Christian Javier got out of another jam uh, at the bottom of the fifth inning. Bases loaded, had walked the bases loaded, uh, and then gets a huge strikeout to get out of the inning. Uh, Astros are now still up 5-0 to 
going into the top of the sixth inning. Uh, the Astros are in the or and the Twins are tied one one, and it's a weird thing if you're an Astros fan because uh, it's the only fan base where you woke up this morning and said, "Well, at least it's a road game. At least it's a road game because the Astros awesome on the road, terrible at home, but awesome on the road." We talk about the Longhorns. There is something to be said about the Longhorns on the road versus at home. That on the road they seem to be a little bit better of not getting into penalty trouble, not getting so many uh, outlandish penalties. I don't know if it's just more focused, of more when you're at the line, you know, worrying about different things. I don't know if that's what it is, but they seem to be better at it. At Dallas, that was not the case. At the Cotton Bowl, uh, this team was not that team. They were not the more disciplined team. Nine penalties for 70 yards for the Longhorns. It's one of the, the things in this that is talked about less because of the other glaring errors that they were beat so bad at the lines of scrimmage and were not able to get pressure on Dylan Gabriel. And when they did, they were able to surround him but not get to him, and he was still able to get the ball out or he was able to squirt out the side and go get a big play. All of those things are things you have to worry about if you're if you're coaching this Texas defense, if you're Pete Kukowski, you have to worry about those things. You have to worry about your linebackers. And, you know, just basically that there's part of it that this this Oklahoma team gave a game plan to the rest of your opponents. Now, part of it, a lot of people cannot match. Because, you know, as much as this is going to be the biggest game for all these opponents and Texas is still the big game that you want to beat Texas, I get that. Uh, it's not a thing. It's not a game plan where you can easily replicate be the more physical team against a bunch of big guys. Like, that goal line stand works on any other team in the Big 12. That big four four downs where they don't get it in. That works on any other team in the Big 12 just because they have the size. Oklahoma is the other team that has the size. Now, it still should have worked. You still should have been able to get movement, but they weren't able to do that. But that will just – I'll play you some sound of Rod Babers talking about that in a minute. But – when you talk about the defensive breakdowns and that drive at the end of the game, I think there's something in that as well of when you look at this team and you came down to it. And, you know, I know there was time management was discussed a lot yesterday. People were getting upset that Sark, you know, didn't basically try and run all the clock off before kicking a long field goal. And I, and I get that. You know, I don't think he thought that drive was going to stall out when it did. I thought he felt he felt that he could get the ball down there pretty easily, and if he couldn't, he'd want to get another shot. Sark's an offensive guy. I don't necessarily fault him for that, that he wanted to get the ball down there. Uh, here's Sark talking yesterday about the, the defensive breakdowns on the final drive. The first one was kind of a, a missed tackle there on the sidelines where it would have been great to – Wrap the wrap the receiver up and keep him in bounds to keep to keep the clock rolling. We 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 let him get out of bounds. The second one was, you know, miscommunication uh, in the back end where, um, you know, our two safeties are playing one coverage and everybody else is playing another coverage. And in turn, uh, the the same common theme defensively reared its ugly head. We didn't have very good pass rush lanes, uh, and Gabriel was able to really step up in the pocket and give the illusion that he was going to run. And then that forced uh, Jalen Ford to have to try to come up, and then he finds Stoops in behind him for about a 30-yard gain right there. What, but in reality, it all started with we weren't on the same page from a coverage standpoint. So um, those were the first two. Naturally, hey, the pass interference is pass interference. We could argue it was or it wasn't. Uh, but then in the end, you know, they're scrambling a little bit. There's 15 seconds on the clock. We 
felt like we had a great call and, and we didn't execute it. So that, that part was probably the most disappointing thing, but that was a little bit of a common theme overall that if you looked at offense, you looked at special teams, you looked at defense, at different aspects of the game, we didn't execute some things that were, I don't want to call them simple, but things that we've been running now for almost two and a half months. And so uh, I'd like to think that we can operate better than that. And so we've got to, we've got to get back to uh, executing at a level that is the standard around here. So that's kind of the problem is, you know, we know that this team was going into this season. Everybody was worried about the third and fourth quarter and the second half and the team not provided and the team not responding. And this team, especially offensively, has been much better in the second half. The defense has been better in the second half, too. I think those defensive rotations uh, helped out a lot. Now, when you lose Catalan, you lose Watts, that rotation has to tighten up a little bit. Uh, you know, you just weren't able to get the pressure on the the quarterback in the defensive line. You were getting beat up on that, too. So I don't know if they just were out of energy by the end of this game or what. But they definitely did not seem ready to go. They definitely did not seem like a team that was ready to go on that fourth that fourth fourth quarter drive at the end of the game. They didn't seem like the team that was ready to go out there, and it seemed like most of the game, Oklahoma kind of knew what Texas defenses were going to do. They had the game film. They've seen them play against other good offenses. They knew what this defense was going to look like, and they were able to pick it apart pretty easily and guess where people were going to be and know where those coverages are, even at the end of the game, that the touchdown play where Jaron Thompson's able to get uh, they're able to get Jaron Thompson to have to pick between two guys, and he basically has his choice of who he wants to throw a you know a touchdown to. He gets his choice on the game-winning touchdown, which you never want to see. You want to see one guy make a great play, not a scheme, get beat by a scheme. That's what you saw. Sark then talked about fixing the defensive mistakes and trying to move forward because that's what you're having to do now after Texas. So you lost the game. you got to move forward. you got to go ahead. We'll talk about that a little bit in the poll, but – you have to move ahead now. And how do you fix those defensive mistakes? Here's Sark. Well, I think I think one thing we have to be careful of is everybody wants, and we all want, to pressure the quarterback. And sometimes in game, trying to sack the quarterback maybe isn't always the best thing to do because that's when you can get out of your rush lane and you can create a really big B-gap for a quarterback to, to go run through. Or you try to come underneath the tackle and now you let the quarterback flush out to his left and buy more time. And in turn, now you have to cover longer, right, down the field. So I think we need to be mindful of how we rush and who we're rushing against. I think that's one thing that that we can improve upon. Uh, And then the second thing is just making sure we're on the same page in the secondary. We, we, We can't have, you know, Two, two critical breakdowns in the secondary uh, in that type of a game, in that moment of the game. We need to all be on the same page, and that goes back to communication and, and making sure that we're on the same page and, and operating the calls that, that we have. And that's kind of where you think that a Catalan could be useful in a moment like that where he is pretty good. He's been good about talking. So he's not the best coverage safety, but you think a Catalan could be useful in that. You think of Ryan Watts on coverage on the outside corner where they're trying to get to the short side to get the ball out of bounds. Could have been good. You have to fix those things. But the part where he says, you know, we can't really rush the quarterback, and you go, you don't want to, I don't want to blitz the quarterback. I get that. But I'm fine with him staying in the middle of the field and having to, you know, get 10 yards and – and go that way. We don't. We always don't want quick plays to the outside where he gets to throw the ball over and get out that way. I, you know, I know you don't want to blitz, but you want to get pressure. And that was kind of where the problem was: is the defensive line couldn't even get pressure at the end. 
and allowed Dylan Gabriel to sit back, see what he wanted to see, not get their hands up, not get him. Uh, you know, you tip one of those passes off, you can have a different game. So all of those things are, you know, you know what you could do. It's now about how do you fix those. And I think one of the things you have to look at if you're Texas is getting that communication up between every player. So if a Ryan Watts is supposed to be calling out something, or if a Catalan is supposed to be calling out something, or if Jalen Ford is that guy at my middle linebacker, but he seems to be not having his best game for whatever reason, I think they need to find more and more guys to communicate before the snap to get closer to where they are and not worry too much about the offense knowing what they're going to do in that coverage. I, you just have to be able to not get these coverage lapses uh, that happened in the game. Because that, to me, you know, when we see uh, that whole second half when Dylan Gabriel is about to be able to do whatever he wants to do, Dylan Gabriel will be able to score, you know, and just he's able to keep changing and morphing. You had to know that was something that Dylan Gabriel could do and kind of play a little bit more risky of a defense at the end of that game and be a little bit riskier to not allow them to score with three seconds left on the clock or seven seconds, whatever it was. Uh, that that's But that's, you know, fixable things on the defense. These are fixable things. So this defense has its issues, and if Catalan is able to come back and if, if Warren Watts is able to come back, it helps out some of those things on the issues as well. The linebackers need to, you know, get a little bit more vocal, I think and get a little bit better out there of understanding where all of their positions need to be in an offense when you're playing against an offense with a multi-talented quarterback because this is what we didn't see against Jalen Daniels, which may have helped this team a little bit if he did play. You know, we don't want to go back and do, you know, revisionist thinking that if, if Jalen Daniels plays for Kansas, we beat Kansas, we beat Oklahoma. That's stupid. But we're saying if you've got to see another quarterback like that, that could do a little bit more of what Dylan Gabriel got to do, then maybe the linebackers would be a, a week ahead of where they're at now, you're at you're where you're at now, and you're expecting you're expecting to play Oklahoma again in this season. It is a bye week though, and this is the week where you have to start getting ready for the rest of the season and the rest of the Big Twelve, and you have to start looking and looking at the Texas OU game as what it was, which is you got punked by OU. You didn't show up as when you you know in the situations you needed to, but you still were in that game. You were still a team that could have won that football game, even with the you know getting beat on both lines of scrimmage. You still had a shot to win that game. You were still up with under two minutes left in that game. So you need to start going forward, but not you know just reset where you're at and continue to play with the style of play and with the determination and with the intent that you need to be playing with. And for Texas, there is a positive that Sark kind of set the goal with a one or two loss season in mind. Now, the two losses may be even too much now in the Big 12 play, but a one loss in Big 12 play season in mind, he set out. You just want to get the Big 12 championship game. Big 12 title still the goal, right? Big 12 title still the goal. So you can go back and you want that rematch against Oklahoma now, and you can come back in a rematch against Oklahoma, and you can be the pissed off team now. Here's Sark talking about the Big 12 title still being the goal. Well, I think it's helpful. You know, we went into this season with the goal to be champions, and th- those goals still remain um, because they're reality, right? Uh, I think now more than ever, like, there's no divisions in the Big 12. The, the, the two best teams get to go play for a championship, and we control that uh, with what we do and how we play. Um, naturally, nobody likes to lose a game, but 
we've got to go handle our business, and we're more than capable of doing that. And so we do talk about big picture, especially during a bye week, so that they can understand the lay of the land, and then we drill back down into what's of importance right now and what do we need to do to, to make sure that we put ourselves in that position down the road. That's the bye week. This is, you know, we talked yesterday, I know a texter sent in that it, this may be a, a players-only meeting bye week. You know, you may need to go in there and try and get something done. I don't think this is a players only meeting because you know what you you know what you did. Like there's not it's not crazy. And and I get texters, we don't control our own destiny. We, I no one assumes that if you are a one loss team in the this Big Twelve that you are not going to make the Big Twelve playoff. I get it. I get that technically we don't, but I, I no one assumes that anyone else is going to win out in the Big Twelve. There's gonna be two undefeated teams. No one is assuming that right now. So if we're going to assume that Texas can win out, then a one-loss team will most likely get to the Big 12 championship. That's what we're saying. It may not be. Maybe it's all for naught. And this season was a complete waste because the Big 12 was so bad that a couple other teams, West Virginia, is able to come out there and get a big win. And, you know, Texas is not able to get, you know. But, but I think we all, we all assume the Big 12 is going to eat itself because it seemed like that's what's kind of happening already. So for Texas, you have to go with the assumption that Texas is going to have another shot at Oklahoma, that you are going to be able to win out, show everybody what you do, be the good team, get to the Big 12 championship game, and then go out there and play again. But you've got to look at the positives, and you've got to build from the positives. Quinn Ewers stepping up in this game has been huge. Quinn Ewers responding after having the start he did. Quinn Ewers responding and being able to be a leader on the sideline and get this team to turn around when all momentum was gone, that this could have been a runaway blowout for Oklahoma after the way the game started, that, you know, when we see that the defensive and offensive line never really started to get going and never really dominated this game, that you think this game could have gone really badly. If Dylan Gabriel just kept picking Texas apart and just kept going and Quinn Ewers just went downhill after those interceptions, you know, this, this conversation on a Tuesday is much, much worse. This is now, you know, how do we save the season? Here's start talking about Quinn Ewers responding and, and kind of the growth of Quinn Ewers. Uh, if you want to be that team that is going to compete for a national championship or compete for a Big 12 championship, you have to be more of the guy we saw in Dylan Gabriel. And Quinn Ewers has more you know size, has more uh, natural athletic ability and talent in his arm. Uh, but, you know, Dylan Gabriel has got the experience. Dylan Gabriel has been playing for longer, and he came out there and, and showed that he was really great in that game. Quinn Ewers, though, came back 19 straight completions. Here's Sark talking about Quinn Ewers responding. Well, I think, you know, for Quinn, let's compare last year to this year, you know, of how far he's come from a maturity standpoint, a confidence standpoint. You know, a year ago, for any quarterback, you throw two picks, your first two drives that you're on the field – that that can that can rattle that can rattle you pretty good, um, and the response that he showed to at one point I think complete 19 passes in a row in that game, um, I thought was was really tremendous under some duress. You know he was they, they sacks he had a fumble in there he got hit pretty good scrambling, uh, but I thought the poise and composure he showed um, was was indicative of a guy who's growing in confidence, who's maturing, uh, and definitely a guy that I know we're, uh, we can count on at a high level here the second half of the season. So if we say we know what he can do, we know that Xavier Worthy, what he can do, uh, Adonai Mitchell, Adonai Mitchell did not step out in that game as much. He had some plays where he wasn't quite as crisp as he needed to be 
Uh, you can go back and watch some film of that. Uh, of Adonai Mitchell kind of losing Quinn Ewers trust in the middle of that game, which is something that you have to work on, and that's going to be a communication thing going forward. But you have all that, and then you throw in the fact of Jonathan Brooks. Still has 100 yards rushing in that game, 129 yards rushing in that game. Still comes out and has a great game. 34 yards receiving for Jonathan Brooks. Still comes out and is one of the best running backs in the country. And to go from having Bijan and Roshan to still having one of the best running backs in the country. Definitely takes this Texas team to a different level that you think you can go and you can build on this going forward. But you have to be able to fix red zone. You have to be able to fix the defensive lapses and the fact that they can get big plays over the top because these big team, these really good teams that you're going to be facing at the end of the season, these teams are going to be able to keep up with you for enough of the game that those those lapses can be the difference in the game. And Chan, you're right. Not being able to punch it in on the one yard line, it sucked. We said that a bunch yesterday. Said sucked more than I've said in any other broadcast. And that was not even talking about the Dallas Cowboys as much. But let's go to the big fat poll today because I, I think this leads into what we want to talk about with Texas. We kind of want to start moving forward past Texas OU. You know, we can still talk about it, but I think we all know. Like, there's not that much you can look at this Texas OU game and break down and say these are, you know, that we knew what the problems were. We knew what the problems were walking into the game. We knew the red zone was going to be a problem. We didn't think the line play was going to be. So we can say, you know, you can break down why the line play was bad, but I think that's more just the team, you know, one team really was pissed off about it and the other team was trying to do what they were supposed to do. And the pissed off team is going to have a good shot at that. You know, it may may overreact, but it didn't. Let's get the big fat poll of the day. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. But if we look forward, what Texas has to do, Still got some games on the schedule. Still has to go out there and, com- and compete. Still not get caught up. You know, if Texas wins this game, we say every game left is a trap game. And that's, you know, we were getting ahead of ourselves already saying every game left was a trap game. Every game left is a trap game. After Oklahoma, every game. Well, not trap games anymore because you lost. So there's no traps anymore. Now it is just you need to go back out there and reset your dominance in the Big 12. You need to go out there and reset that you are the best team in the Big 12 and that the Oklahoma game was the anomaly, not the... Not the trend. You can't start them as a trend. It needs to be the anomaly. So if we see that, Texas is going to have to step up and win some games and win some games in a convincing manner. So we ask you for Patrick's Big Fat Poll today. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. How many losses do you see left on Texas' schedule? We've got one now. How many losses do you see left? On the regular season, we'll say regular season, we won't. We won't uh, pontificate if we get to a Big 12 championship game or a bowl game or any of that. We don't have to pontificate on any of that. But for the rest of the schedule, what will Texas do? How is their record going to be? When we say, you still have Houston in two weeks, BYU, Kansas State, TCU, Iowa State, Tech, and Texas Tech. You still have those three teams left. Still those games. And, you know, you can say they're trap games. You can say they're not. 512-447-3776. How many losses do you see left? Let me know what losses you see. Are you still worried about K-State? A 3-2 and two K-State not looking quite as good. BYU has not looked great, but, you know, maybe maybe BYU can get in there and get you. BYU's had, you know, Texas number in the past. TCU looks down. Iowa State doesn't look great. Texas Tech is always coming to play. We know Brett Yarmark who he's rooting for. 
Send us in. What do you think the number is? They're at one loss already. They get another one? Who is it? I mean, I still think this Texas team can run the table pretty easily. I think they can win six more games pretty easily. You don't play a West Virginia team who's resurgent, which you kind of wish you did because you'd like to put them in their place. I think they'll lose a couple games before the season's over. But maybe they won't. Who do you, what do you got? What's the number? 512-447-3776. We're going to come back. We come back. We will uh, play his clip from Hook'em Up. We will start reading your text. 512-447-3776. We'll talk some more Texas OU. We come back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Searching for something, something never comes, never leads to nothing, nothing satisfies, but I'm getting close, closer to the prize at the end of the rope. All night long, I dream of the day when it comes around and it's taken away. Leaves me with the feeling that I feel the most, feel it come to life when I see your ghost. Back on the Sports Complex on a Tuesday afternoon. Playing some ACL Fest artists all week long. It's our theme, musical theme of the weeks. Playing some ACL Fest artists. Good luck to or have a good time to anybody who got tickets to go see the uh, Austin City Limits taping of Foo Fighters tonight. Down at ACL Live. That'll be a lot of fun, I'm sure. So if you're going down there, have a good time tonight. Enjoy it. Uh, if you're watching the uh, Rangers game, they're playing a pregame at 630 right here on the Horn today. Uh, Astros are still up uh, five to one on the Minnesota Twins uh, in their game as well. Another big game happening right now uh, for some MLB and seeing if we get that great Rangers Astros uh, ALCS matchup. That would be so much fun to watch. And I know Rangers fans really don't want it. And Astros fans should not. I mean, the Orioles look worse than the the Rangers do right now. That's for sure. But you know. I think it just as a fan of sports, you'd like to see that rivalry start, like really pick up. That'll be a lot of fun to watch that in the LCS. That's what I think, personally. Uh, we asked you guys before the break. Uh, we're talking about UT and, and Oklahoma and Texas going forward. We asked you how many losses do you see on the rest of Texas schedules? You know, kind of varying accounts. Kind of varying accounts. Talking about Texas, uh, we got if my aunt had a package, she would be my uncle. Uh, yeah. They choked, like Rod says, about prevent defenses. They they did. I but this is the this is the thing about them choking. They did, but that's really kind of the reality of the story is they shouldn't have been in that situation. They played terribly. Like the the line played terribly for the re- the entire game. It's surprising that they were even in it at the end. So there's one way of looking at it that you blew that game at the end. And the other way of looking at it is how are you even in that game? You should like there's positives because you shouldn't have even been in that. Ewers needs to start sliding more. Defenses are seeing him uh, going head first a lot. Best case, he gets hit and we get 15 yards and they get ejected, possibly targeting. Worst case, you come up short. But since the slide stops uh, play immediately, if you drop the ball, it's already dead. Uh, I agree. It's a weird thing uh, that quarterbacks, you can't just teach them <laughs> like, to slide. It takes a year, pretty much, to get any quarterback to really get into it. You have to kind of do it in the offseason. I don't think they expected Quinn to run as much as he is running. Uh, I'm sure if he goes to the NFL, then that'll be something they'll try and teach him how to do there. Uh, but they'll try and get him to run less in the NFL as well. 
But, yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to teach him that this season. It's not an instinctual thing to do. The instinctual thing is to lean forward. You're top-heavy. You have the ball and just kind of go with where your body takes you, not to lean backwards and slide. So I don't know if you'll get there, but I agree with you. I would at least be trying to preach it. I'd at least try and practice it a little bit and get him more used to sliding just so you could maybe get that, uh, you know, just be a little bit safer. I love him running. He's done some great things running, but I agree with that. Chan freaking a it better be at zero. I I don't think I look the rest of this Ross the rest of the season for the Longhorns isn't a you know there's not a lot of great teams on the rest of that Oklahoma has a harder schedule going forward. They get a three week span at Kansas at Oklahoma State, who I know is down, but it is still bedlam. It's still a rivalry game. They got to do that one, and then they got to go. Uh, then they play West Virginia and Norman. Uh, West Virginia's look good this year. I mean they've won. I'll say they've won. I haven't watched a ton of West Virginia, but they have been winning. So, uh, you know, if we look at that, they have a three-week span where they could, you know, if they come up short on any of those, that's a disappointing loss for them. Uh, at the one lineup under, they have Sweat, Push, whoever, and at the one. Uh, no, I get I get that you could have done the push-tush, or the tush-push, sorry, uh, with Sweat behind instead of trying to push away. I don't think it really would have worked as well, and I know they're in, in college. They try and get – they're kind of more leery of that. Uh They've had issues that we know it's worked before and people can do it. Uh, but I think if you put kind of Murphy in front and Tavondre sweating back and tried to push, then, you know, I don't know if they're going to allow that, but they may. They may. Uh, uh, Coach Schlitzky. Schlitzky? Think I'm saying that right? Better be zero. I like that one. We beat ourselves once and then we get beat once. Carry from Georgetown. You think they get two more losses on this schedule? Two more losses carry from Georgetown. Tell me who you think they're from. I want to know who you think they're from. If you think there's two more losses. All right, so six uh, six sacks and two interceptions and Young now. Is that Heisman? Again, I'm not, I don't care if Quinn Ewers wins the Heisman. I don't know why every discussion about Quinn Ewers has to start and end at the Heisman. Every discussion we have, if I say Quinn Ewers is looking good, my 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 goal on this is for him to be a Big 12 caliber quarterback. And he is a Big 12 champion caliber quarterback, a national champion caliber quarterback. He is that. I don't need him to be the greatest quarterback. I know that's what Sark wants. I know that's what Ewers wants. I know that's kind of what people want. But I don't think of, like, I, that's not what my goal for him is this season. It's to win ball games. And we did not lose that ball game to his fault. That one route was not a great route run by Adonai Mitchell, and he threw it in there. He shouldn't have forced it. And the second one, he threw over to JT Sanders. Oklahoma knew the signals. They were able to come over and double on Sanders and get the ball poked out. But he put the ball where it was supposed to be, where only JT Sanders could catch it. If he throws, I know people say he threw it high. He threw it because that's the, the, he was the only guy who was going to be able to get it. If he throws it low, you say he threw it into traffic. So I know that people keep getting on this. I, I just, like, there's people that just hate quarterbacks. And they will always hate any quarterback that they're on their team because they're overcritical. And I don't, I'm not saying that's you, Kerry. I'm not saying it's you. But I'm saying there's people that will do this. And whatever pass they make, unless they're throwing to a wide open guy, which they can't decide that. There's, you know, if, they, if they're only throwing to wide open guys, then they might as well tuck the ball and run it 90% of plays. You've got to be able to fit those in. He put the ball where it needed to be. I, 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 Quinn, had a great, Quinn had a very good game. He had a terrible start and a great game after that. And then it just, the play calling wasn't great. And Sark has a hard time trying to pick runs and passes and being able to hide that from the defense. Uh, Oklahoma knew too many times whether it was a run or a pass, and it got too predictable points. You have to keep, 
It's not about running a crazy play every time that has, you know, the blocking scheme is crazy. It's about play calling and breaking tendency so that the defense can't line up and say, well, we're going to stop Jonathan Brooks on first, and then on second down when he throws a ball, we'll drop back into coverage and we'll, we'll blitz him, and then on third down we'll get back to Jonathan Brooks. You, can't, you just can't do that. Uh, Coach Rodney Lott from uh, Coach Rodney from Rosebud Lott. Uh, I don't see Texas losing another game. I do feel like Oklahoma may struggle in a few games. I hope they both went out and we get a shot at the Big 12 title. I do believe Oklahoma trained for this Texas game the way Texas trained for the Alabama game, so I hope this wasn't their one and done. I, I Look, this was, from everything you hear from Oklahoma fans and people listening in Oklahoma, uh, from people covering Oklahoma, was this was the, the first game on their schedule where they really had to go. So they, they were preparing all season to come and avenge 49-0. to That's what they were doing. So, yeah, you get to that. I want to play this clip from uh, Hook Him Up this morning for me and Robbie. We're going to get back to your text, 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776. This is uh, from this morning, Rob Babers, Aaron Hogan, talking about that red zone stand and and why you can't make excuses. You just have to get better. Here's uh, Ian Robbie this morning. All right, um, let's just get back to some more Sark songs. I want to make sure we get to as much of it as we can because he really addressed a lot of different topics. And I'll give Sark a lot of credit too, man. Sark doesn't hide from he doesn't hide from the questions, and he doesn't really beat around the bush. Um, and he he will let you know if he thinks that he uh, should have you know called a play differently or if he should have approached a situation differently. Let you know about the thought process, the rationale. I really appreciate that from Sark. So he was asked about the goal line situation. Uh, Texas having four downs on the goal line going jumbo and heavy uh, package and still not being able to punch it in. Of course, uh, they threw it on fourth down, still couldn't get it in. Um, he was asked, and let's do the one with the question here because uh, he, the way he answers it, it's kind of weird just throughout the response. response. So we'll throw out, put in the question here too. Um, here is Steve Sarkeesian being asked about uh, the goal line play calling. Yeah, Steve, uh, your game plan was creative as hell with fake punch and save you on red and gunner helmet all the the four tries from the one that uh, sucked yeah. <laughs> is is that, a... <laughs> do you see that as a, a toughness issue and did you just <sighs> felt like you should have been more creative there uh I, no i don't think it was toughness at all um you know, the, the, the first down play, you know, their, their kid makes a, a really nice play. He kind of shoots the gap and, and gets into to Jonathan Brooks's legs. Uh, the second down call, um, that was the sequencing of those two calls and I knew I was going to go with there. Um, and it, the edge, just we just don't get enough of the edge and we get the ball down to the one again. Quite frankly, if I could do it all over again, I would have changed the third down call. Um, I might have ran what I ran on fourth down, on third down, um, which I don't know if that's creative enough or not, but I probably would have done that on third down and then gone to something a little bit different on fourth down. So, uh, you know, I call it stubborn, whatever it was. You know, I went back to the first down call on third down and, and obviously not effective enough. And I'd love for us to execute it a little bit better than we did, but um, that's, that's the way it goes sometimes, you know. And so um, – but yeah, it sucked. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. That's that's it's saying you gotta appreciate the way so, you know, how honest and authentic Sark is. Yeah, it sucked. And you know what? We all agree. It did suck. Um and he talks about how he would have changed the play calling, probably would have had some I agree. I think the lack of creativity, it was 
He wanted to play bully ball, and this was not about innovation and creativity. He's he wanted to prove a point. He wanted to make a statement with that package, that jumbo package, and that statement blew up in his face because Texas couldn't punch it in from one yard away, and you don't deserve to win the Texas OU game. That's, that's the battle of the trenches right there. That's the microcosm of it right there. Texas couldn't win the battle of the trenches even when it was obvious that they had the size and the girth advantage in the trenches. They lost on technique. They lost on fundamentals. They kind of lost on the other aspects of trench and, uh, and line play and not necessarily the mass. So the big humans thing didn't work out. Still like the big humans, but the, the point of the big humans is on, fourth and, uh, on first and goal on the one-yard line that you can punch it in with the bigger humans. And, well, and, and that's work. one where I think now you have a point of emphasis to challenge them. Like, that shouldn't happen, by the way. No. That, 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 that doesn't make sense. That should have been a touchdown. It doesn't make sense. And so, but, uh, just like we heard Sark talking about how he challenged the guys after the Rice game when they weren't physical enough, no, that's embarrassing when you can't get a yard against your rival in their own end zone. Um, come on now. I mean, that's that's got to challenge competitors. That's got we got to be should. better, y'all. Uh, give them some credit. They stop you one time, maybe two tip your cap they shouldn't be able to stop you four times and credit to oklahoma because they did so that's going to be a rallying cry for them they'll build on that their defense that's that's iconic now that'll be they'll go down in the lore of texas ou now for year decades to come they'll be playing that when we're all dead and they're talking talking about texas ou they'll play that goal line stand that's it'll be just like you know Texas. Maybe the Roy Williams Superman play. Yeah, 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 exactly. It'll be one of those plays. Yeah, I it's, think you're right. It is now. That's one of those stands. We're like, how the hell did that happen in a Texas OU game? How, how many? I would love to see how many because Texas has one of those goal line stands. I mean, that a famous goal line stands, but it's just I didn't. I'm with you. I didn't. It didn't. It did. It defied logic to see all to them put Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy in there and still not be able to punch it in with that much mass, because what did Oklahoma do? They went right off the butt of the lead blocker. Every time that lead blocker, because it was predictable, Sark wanted you to know, hey, we're going we're going to run behind these big humans, and you ain't going to be able to stop it. And Oklahoma said, okay, it's good to know you're going, because sometimes... So, and, you're, and when you say right off the butt, that means that he was going to... The, the, so the lead is, blocker is because he can only block one guy. Yeah. The next let, guy goes right around him. The, 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 exactly. The other guys who are in the run fit, they are waiting on him to choose who he's going to block Soon as he goes to block him, soon as he engages, right off his butt, because that's where the running back was going. He was going right into that gap, following the lead blocker, and it made it predictable. And essentially, Sark didn't care about predictability because he thought, oh, man, we'll bully these guys and we'll push them around. And no, they found a way, technique-wise, in multiple occasions, to get in there and stuff the run. We have to mention that X-Man also got face masks on, that, on the fourth down play. I, I mean, you can't just grab someone's helmet and ring it back. Yeah, you can. I, was he down, though? Yeah, I think he was down. I, I was didn't he down see the face when mask the play, when I saw play a face mask on a kick return that didn't get called against Texas. When I first saw that replay, I thought he got in. I Obviously, I, he <laughs> didn't, but that was about as close as you can possibly get. Yeah. I liked, I liked the fourth down play call. I, I liked that. I didn't get, like you it. You didn't like it? No. You'd rather run it up the middle again? No, I'd rather have to do something more creative than <laughs> just throw a quick wide receiver screen to Xavier Worthy, which, by the way, you started the game with. You, you throw the quick wide receiver screen to Xavier Worthy a lot. That's not something new. Was That's not a new formation? concept. That's not brilliant. You do that a lot. From the stack formation of his twins, he does it a lot. Does, does, I mean, I, I can think of multiple occasions that he, that he does it. He does that a lot. So that's not something new. Something so all four plays are extremely predictable is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. That's why he said it sucked. 
Because yeah. he knows in his mind, he's like, yeah, that sucked. That's, that's why he said I would have changed the sequence. I would have did something really creative at the end instead of something pretty predictable. Well, and that's where, Sark, you diagnosed yesterday the, the – the second play interception was predictable, too, to Oklahoma if you do film study. And you can't be that predictable against your rival who has all offseason to prepare for you. And now three years of game film on Sark in this offense, you cannot you got you to break tendency in those spots. And they certainly jumped that route. And, uh, you know, you, what is, we got a text that said he, he was listening to the Paul Feinbaum show yesterday, and Feinbaum was on the field and said he, he heard Oklahoma knew the signs of the second interception. That they knew by shifts of what that they were going to JT Sanders, and that's why they jumped on it and that's obviously popped the ball pop up them. in the air. Yeah. So those are things where yes, look, this is your rival. They're going to scout you rigorously. They're yeah. going to have it as you I mean, said. There are like ten guys just like you, Rod, living in, in a room. hole watching film, and they've been doing it all off season. And by the way, this has happened for years. I remember BJ Johnson told me told us that at one point he went to I mean it was a combine. He was in the NFL at one point, and the Oklahoma Sooner told him. Oh, yeah, we knew all of y'all's plays from Greg Day. We knew a lot of them plays. We knew what was coming when Greg Day was calling plays because it was too predictable. Yeah. And they had studied it. And that's why you got to, to what I always say, to win games, you got to break tendency in the right moments. And I don't think Sark broke tendency enough there. And I think, honestly, it the red zone issues, which we'll play some of the red zone uh, t- discussion that Sark uh, talked about at the uh, media availability, I think a lot of that may be about breaking tendency, too, because they may be a little predictable in the red zone. Well, they've got two weeks to work on it now, or at least a week off before their next game in two weeks. And, uh, you know, the Savion Red package, by the way, has never not worked. I would point that out. Red Texas. cat, baby. The Savion Red Wildcat package. They threw off of it this week, which was breaking the tendency. That was a breaking tendency. And what I, you know what I like about Savion Red, by the way? And I don't know that, I mean, taking Quinn Ewers off the field may not always be the best, but um, taking, putting, he's got great vision. As for for finding the hole, right? Mm-hmm. Finding the spot you to the crease in that wildcat. He doesn't just run up up into the butt of a guy in front of him. Savion Red seems to have a really good vision, and he's a physical runner. I still like him as some, maybe a solution for that short yardage problem in the red zone. All right, there's Rod's rant, at least the first part of it. We'll hear more from Sark coming up. Somebody sent us a picture of the uh, the face mask that's not called. His butt is on the ground, so he is down. That's what I, said. I didn't know if he was down, and sometimes the ref will decide the play's already over. That's after the play. Now, you still can call penalties after the play, but you guys have to understand, Texas OU, the rules of engagement are just different. Y'all know that. Don't act like y'all don't know that. They don't call everything the same as they do in the Texas OU game. There's a lot they let go in the Texas OU game. There's guys standing over guys talking trash. I saw Anthony Hill, when he tackled, when he uh, pushed down and gave it out of bounds. He went and started talking trash to the whole sideline. He did, and he flexed on him, literally up the sideline. Dude, this Texas OU, y'all played that game. You can do things in that game. They won't let you do it in any other game. Because it's like, man, Texas OU, if I call a penalty on everybody, every confrontation, everybody that drops an expletive, everybody that stands over a guy talking trash, we're going to be here all day. <laughs> yeah, that's that We're going to be game. here all day. We'll yeah. call the obvious ones. Everything else we let go. It's Texas OU. Come on, guys. Y'all can, come on. We Are we going to be that fan base complaining about that kind of stuff in the Texas OU game. First of all, this is y'all's last year in the Big 12. What did I tell y'all before the season started? You're not going to get no calls. Even in the Texas OU game, we're both y'all leaving. You're not getting calls. You're never going to get these calls. Why are you complaining about calls? You're not going to get them. You were never going to get them. Who in the hell thought, oh, man, our last year farewell tour, we're going to get the calls. Even Sark said it. So what are we thinking? Come on, fans. Come on. You got to let that go. Let that go. We're going to be complaining about this all year long. It's enough to talk about instead of talking about the call you didn't get. Is that the reason we lost the game? Or is it because you had four downs on the goal line and couldn't punch it in with the biggest offensive line in the Big 12? Or is it that you were in the red zone three times and only scored once? What is it? 
three turnovers. You want to talk about the calls that you didn't get? This is why people complain about Texas fans. So love, love Rob Babers. The energy at the end there on a Tuesday, still getting amped up about Texas OU. Uh, 512-447-3776 is the text line. we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll read some more of those texts. Like Freak Nasty saying they didn't see any more losses. And Malik Murphy doesn't need to side. Quinn does. Malik Murphy needs to side some. Everybody needs to side some if you're a quarterback. Don't get hurt. But hopefully we're not even going to see him this year because Quinn's going to keep playing well. We're going to keep winning games. And it's all upwards from here. 512-447-3776. Poll of the day. How many losses do you see on the rest of Texas' schedule? We're saying regular season. We know there's already one. How many more do you see on the rest of the regular schedule next six games? What do you got for us? 512-447-3776. And we'll be right back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019, AIM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex on the Horn. Back at the Sports Complex here on the Horn, playing ACL Fest artists all week long for the 1975 there. Uh, we're getting back to your text messages. We're asking you how many more losses uh, do you expect Texas to have this season? Regular season is what we're talking about. Uh, 512-447-3776. Uh, we have Chan asking uh, that Texas is, he says zero. He says they're supposed to win out. Is BYU the toughest? Uh, I think BYU has had Texas number in the past. I don't know if they're the toughest this season. Uh, K-State always is a tough game. The Purple Kryptonite, K-State and TCU back-to-back is always going to be big. And Texas Tech should have a pretty good idea of what they're doing. They're going to be planning hard for that last game of the season. Uh, But they're all kind of even. They all have their own challenges. Uh, BYU has just always been one that's kind of snuck up on us. Uh, So I think people are more worried about that. But Taysom Hill doesn't play there anymore. Still a good team. But uh, I think that's kind of where people, when they're worried about BYU, is uh, is those older games that we all remember. Uh, Scarlett, I don't want to hear any, we should have tush-pushed. They should have been able to pick up one darn yard. They, they should have. And they should have called better plays. 100%. Schlicky is what we're going with with Coach Schlicky. Schlicky. Appreciate that. Kevin from Elgin, the best case scenario is for Oklahoma and Texas to both win out, period, and meet the Big 12 championship, and the winner gets a berth into the playoff. Uh, I agree. I you know I hate that Oklahoma. I really hope they lose a couple games. I don't. I hate teams that don't have any non-con, no non-conference games getting into the playoffs. It just drives me nuts. Uh, but they, they, you know what? If they beat Texas twice especially, then they deserve to be in. Uh, but, yeah, it just drives me nuts when people refuse to schedule non-conference games. It just drives me nuts. And it drives me nuts when Texas does it, too. Texas has done it before. They're trying not to now. They're trying to be better about it uh, because of the money. They know they, they want to make the money. They get the big games. I get it. It's not just a a uh, stance of morality like it is for me where I'd like to just see you kind of go put your put it out there and you know try and go play the best games you can instead of beating up on nobodies and then getting mad when people don't respect your name. Uh, the Popcorn Man says, Texas gets zero more losses for the rest of the season, but I'll hedge my bet, and if they get out muscled again, you can expect a couple more. I don't think a, a couple more seems a lot. Uh, Ewers choked in the first quarter. He floated to JT. Patrick Hart's Quinn. I do think Quinn's a good quarterback, and I think think you guys sometimes are a little rough on quarterbacks. I know you always want that other guy. The grass is always greener at quarterback. Always greener. We'll talk about it with Dak Prescott in the 6 o'clock. We'll talk about it there, too, and I think they're different. 
They're different at this point. But uh, Quinn Ewers was not a bad quarterback in that game. I know, I know you want zero interceptions. Nobody, nobody goes through a season and doesn't throw any picks and doesn't do anything wrong. Everybody does things wrong. You're just only watching one game for a guy, so you see that. Uh, should have got the tush push going. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of the tush push. I think there's guys that can do it. I definitely don't like it with a quarterback uh, like Quinn Ewers that is too skinny because that is a that's a play where you can get hurt really easily. Uh, just getting shoved between a lot of guys, and if anything gets hit wrong, and Oklahoma's coming in there trying to put a hand or anything, I just don't like the tush push with a quarterback the size of Quinn Ewers. Now, if you put in the Sabian Red package, maybe a little bit more. Uh, I think if you put in Malik Murphy, you could do that, but I'm not sure. We don't know where he is right now, uh, and he's got a cannon for an arm. I don't know if, what his touches and short passing situations. Uh, Chief Engineer does say, I prefer that he says we sucked on that play in some public relations spin talk. I, I Yeah, I, I Sark will normally own up on a lot of things he does wrong. There's certain things about players he won't. He won't say bad things about players because he doesn't you know, want to talk trash about you know, his players that he thinks of very fondly. I get that. Why do the Twins keep pitching to Jordan Alvarez? Jordan Alvarez with the solo home run in the ninth inning. He is just dominating this postseason against the Twins. What a player. Uh, back to the text line. We got to take a break in just a second. Daydrinker 77. Long earns the Cowboys have the same MO. I think Texas will bounce back and play in a championship game. Uh, appreciate that, Daydrinker 77. Big Sheezy, if we lose another game, this will be the most important 10 and 2 season we've ever had. I agree. The hype, the hype got so high and the, the Kool Aid drinking, and we were saying we don't feel like a number three team, but now we're not a number three team. It doesn't feel, it feels bad. I like being the number three team. Oh, I hate to say it, two more losses. Tell me. Tell me who you who you got. Who are the two losses? Two more losses. That seems like a lot there. Send me in. If you got two more losses, tell me who they are. We're gonna take one more break. Come back in the six o'clock hour. We got we'll go straight till we get to the Rangers at six thirty. Uh we're gonna talk uh, a little bit about the Cowboys. Jerry Jones won one oh five three the bat or one oh three five three the fan in Dallas. We will play some of that audio. Uh, that will infuriate you much more than anything Texas right now probably will. Uh, I will play you some good news out of Texas, too. Some good, a good story out of Texas, too. All that coming up here on the Sports Complex and more from the text line, 512-447-3776. All that coming up here on the Sports Complex, 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com.